Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Love. Now there is a loaded word. It's a word that is sometimes joked about, mocked and belittled. It is a word that has become so broad in meaning that it can mean almost anything, depending on how you use it. I love my dog. I love that TV show. I love tacos. I love my country. I love my wife. I love my kids. Don't tell anyone, but I love my church. I love my God. I love Jesus. I love my new shirt. Love. This failing kind of love. This failing kind of love, I think, is easiest to see right now in our world because it's on full display and you really can't hide from it. During Pride Month, which this is, love is construed to include all, include all my lusts and passions, my desires. Remember, sin doesn't want to be sin. Sin wants to be righteous. Pride Month is nothing more than a time to try and justify sin by making it mainstream and accepted. That's its purpose. Yet sin is sin, whether it is accepted by the world or not. But also, to contrast this, there is a love higher than what has now been reduced to the gutters of society and societal thought and meaning. Love is not just a feeling. No matter how strong that feeling is. Feelings change. They fluctuate. Feelings spike and then they falter. What I love today, I may despise tomorrow. That is not true love. I think there are actually very few instances of true love anymore. Because love does not serve the self. Love does not serve my lusts, my desires, my whims, myself. Love, on the other hand, compels me to serve others. Love gives me no choice but to put another ahead of myself. That is love. It isn't getting the trophy wife or the rich husband where it serves my desires. Instead, and I think our young people really need to hear this, true love is serving another. When a wife willfully submits to her husband and a husband puts his wife's needs above his own, that is love. And that is a recipe for a successful marriage and a happy and content life. So what, is this, what does this have to do with the Trinity? Well, in a word, everything. 
St. John writes in his first epistle, we love because he first loved us. What does this mean? Love really is almost as big a mystery as the Trinity itself. It is a truth that is hard to grasp. It's hard, in many ways, to wrap our mind around true love, selfless love. A young person, when trying to decide if the person they are dating is the one, will sometimes go and ask an older adult, how do I know that this is true love? The famous answer, seen in a plethora of movies and on TV, is, you probably know what the answer is, don't you? You'll just know. That's not an answer, and it's not at all helpful. That's not how you define love. It is an answer that relies on feelings. It's the romantic equivalent of Obi-Wan Kenobi telling his young Jedi apprentice Luke Skywalker to just trust your feelings. Yuck. Our feelings lie to us all the time. Take a child to a carnival or to a candy store or a toy store and they fall in love with everything there. Trust me, I know this. They have to have it. They need it. They cry, beg, plead, throw tantrums. Their fallen, primitive immaturity goes on full display. The only thing is, is they're truthful about it. <laughs> we kind of hide it as grown-ups. But a day later, and it's all but forgotten. That is love based on feeling. Just feeling. It's flighty. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. This is why divorce is so rampant, even among Christians. Disney has lied to us about what love is. And we don't know what real, true love actually is. Thankfully. Thankfully we have a God who not only tells us what true love is, but demonstrates it. But it isn't just a demonstration, it's not just a show, it is who He is. Let's go back to what Scripture says. And we'll start in the most obvious place when talking about love. You know where that is, the infamous love passage. 1 Corinthians 13. Here's what love is. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. I just don't love you anymore. It's not love. Love bears all things, endures all things. Scripture tells us this about God. The Lord is gracious and merciful, 
slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Slow to anger, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. Love bears all things, endures all things. See how those two go together? Bears all things, endures all things, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. But let's go back to 1 John. Here's what John says. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. You want to know what love is? Know God. God is love. This is most certainly true. There is no purer definition of love than our God. God created mankind to love them. Love is service. To love someone is to serve them for their good. God created the world, the galaxy, the universe, the plants, the animals, the air, the water, everything to serve you. In turn, God told man to love and serve him and to serve and to love all that he had created. Man was to be a, a steward, a servant of creation. In the fall of mankind, man turned away from love, away from serving God, away from serving his wife, away from serving creation, and turned to serving himself. Then, because of this selfishness and pride, Cain bludgeoned his brother Abel to death. Mankind quickly fell into self-serving pride, which resulted in lust, manipulation, hatred, greed, and gluttony, which is making others serve you, what we call laziness. This corruption of what God had created and a perversion of his love brought God great despair. In fact, Scripture says this, Genesis 6, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord regretted that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him to his heart. So the Lord said, I will blot out man whom I have created from the face of the land, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens, for I am sorry that I have made them. The wickedness of man caused God so much grief that he was willing to destroy us because there was no true love left in us. But before God destroyed everything he had made, there was a Savior, a Messiah of sorts. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. See, there was one who still knew true love, he loved the Lord his God 
and he loved his neighbor. But it wouldn't be long after Noah before man began to turn inward again. What we call the incurvatus in say. Man curved in upon himself. And it happened at the Tower of Babel. Then again in Sodom and Gomorrah. It happened throughout the Greek and the Roman empires. It is happening even now in our streets and all around us. Our pride, our self-serving. But when we see that there are those who are destructively mocking God and his creation, when they have turned against him, his people, and also the rest of humanity, only to serve and justify their own lusts, passions, and desires, turning against the good of humanity and demanding that we all affirm the corruption and perversion of what love truly is, then it is right to be angry because God is angry. But as we have seen earlier, God is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. That's one of my favorite sayings in Scripture. And I say saying because it's not just one verse. And it's one of Scripture's favorite sayings because it's repeated throughout our Bible. That he is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. It doesn't mean that God doesn't get angry. It just takes him a while to get there. This has to do with his love. With his mercy. And his grace. And it is because of his mercy and grace that the entirety of the Trinity works to serve us and to save us from ourselves. St. John, once again, in his epistle. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation, which means the payment or the sacrifice, for our sins. You see, each person of the Trinity serves each of the other persons of the Trinity. But they also serve us. It is a, then a beautiful illustration of true love, what love truly is. God loves us, giving Himself through His Son, and then through the Holy Spirit to us, bestowing on us continually his gifts through the means of grace. And we then, by the power of the Holy Spirit who repents us, who turns our hearts, then we love him. God loves us. He demonstrates to us what true love really is. And then we love. We share what we've been taught by our God. If you want to know what love is, just look to the Trinity. Each person of the Trinity serves the others, not selfishly, but to glorify and to honor the other persons of the Trinity. Jesus told us this morning in our Gospel reading, I do not seek my own glory. It is the Father who glorifies me. 
That's what Jesus said of his Father. But even more than this, each person of the Trinity has looked upon you and loved you, serving you by creating you, by dying for you, by calling you, redeeming you, and preparing a place for you in His kingdom. The Trinity seeks to glorify and to honor you. Because the whole of the Trinity loves and serves you. Giving body and blood. Water and word. Forgiveness and eternal life. The entire Trinity gives of itself entirely for you. Think on that one a minute. That is love. Again, and I'll end with St. John from 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in Him. Amen. And now may the peace that passes all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening. If you'd like to see the sermon and watch our worship service live, you can join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Central Time at www.facebook.com forward slash FLC Tahlequah. You can also find out more information about First Lutheran, read or hear sermons, and find other resources by going to our website at www.firstlutherantahlequah.org. Both of these links will be in the show notes for your quick click. In grateful response to God's gifts and empowered by the Holy Spirit through word and sacraments, the mission of First Lutheran Church is to grow in faith through worship and study, to make known the love of Christ by word and deed within our congregation, and to recognize Christ's love and to take it wherever it is needed in our community and the world.